Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night, Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm under instructions this evening, though, because my daughter has a friend over. And I said, oh. I said, can you guys turn on the music? I'm going to do a show. And she goes, yes, but just remember I have a friend over and try not to say too horrible of things. <laughs> so, <laughs> just so you know. She knows, she knows you so well. She's, she's seen this. She's seen me in action before. <laughs> wow. Do you, so do, do, do any of like your, not, not just your kids, but do any of like your just, just general like friends and family. And I don't mean like Liberty people on the mm -hmm. internet, like, like your personal friends and family. Do they ever, do they ever keep up with the stuff that you do? Not really. No. <laughs> I try and, I try and keep it from them because, you know, I want to keep those relationships. So like my aunt called me Ooh. when, when my name was on the ballot for governor in 2016, you know, and she's like, was, is this you? Like she was so shocked. So, cause I didn't <laughs> tell them I was doing it because I, I knew they wouldn't want to hear what I had to say about it. So well, so that's the thing is that on the one hand, if it's if it's a big part of your life and people are genuinely curious, like, well, I don't have an accounting for what you do in 97 percent of your time. And I'm genuinely curious what you've been up to. On the one hand, you might feel tempted to say, well, I, you know, I do this. I do this program. Right. I write I write these I write these articles on these different issues or whatever. <laughs> and you can theoretically get away with doing that without having explicitly made your point mm -hmm. about it just simply saying you produce stuff i do things and stuff what's funny is is i i've had people say to me that like well so like my fiance anna kate people will say well well you you did you did whatever you you called somebody a a bad name on your show <laughs> and now you're going to be banned from ever having a job ever again what what does what does anna kate think about that and I always reply with, that's so weird to me that you right. think Anna Kay watches this show. <laughs> Anna Kay has yeah. no idea what we do. Right. And she likes it that way. And I like it that way. Yeah. And it's it's an arrangement. It's, it's what keeps the love going. <laughs> <laughs> are, you trying, are you trying to tell me that Anna Kay would not be equally as in love with me, if not more, if she knew more about my beliefs? I don't know. I'm just I feel saying. like that's I feel like that's broaching a whole other conversation <laughs> right. of people. People could have a debate. I mean, it doesn't. It, it can be political stuff. It can be religious stuff or whatever. People right. could. You could have people on one side of the debate that would say, "Well, those things are very important, and if they're important to you individually, then they're going to be important to you the day after you get married." And if if you you know you you don't want to have this base of antagonism in your home on day one. And then on the other hand, you would have people that would that would make the debate that but those those things don't matter. What matters is, is what happens in the home and the relationship. And you can keep these issues separate from you right. as a couple. Where do you I, I know I've opened a huge can of worms here <laughs> in the monologue between those two, because I know I know the mealy mouth thing. Well, I, you know, different people are different. Blah, blah, blah. Where do you fall on that? Do you think do you feel like people need to have some semblance of of cohesive personal and political and social and cultural beliefs? Or do you think that those things can take a backseat to the, the romance, if you will? Um, for me, no, I don't think they can actually take a backseat. Not completely. I mean, if it depends on your partner. Like if my, if my, 
like my ex-husband is of my same opinion. So it, it wasn't, that wasn't ever an issue. But if we had been like, if he had been a raging lunatic of uh, statist, then I, I think I would probably have had a really difficult time because, you know, libertarianism isn't a political position for me. It's a philosophy by which I live my life. So I, I think it depends on the person, but like with you and Anna Kay, she just doesn't really care about politics. So it works out, you know, but if she were really like into it, it would, I think it would cause more friction. I don't, I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's my answer. But, but if he had been like a raging communist, then you would also be one because the wife is subservient to the husband. Right? <laughs> I'm just trying to get all these Alan. things lined up now before we walk the aisle. Okay. Yeah. Sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Just for me. Right, right, right. It is communism. Nobody eats. Nobody. <laughs> no, I'm saying that, well, I mean, I don't care if, if everyone else gets sandwiches, right. but not from my wife. Right, right. They're oh, not. that's, well. I, those sandwiches are mine. That's, that's true. I mean, and they're nice sandwiches, I must say. <laughs> this has really gone a strange direction, and it's in that weird, it's in that weird point of the show where I look down at the clock and I think to myself, should we just, should we just do it over? Or should I, but, but I think to myself, no, it's the children who are wrong. We're going to, we're going to keep with this. We're going to go with, this has nothing to do with our notes, by the way, but we could do all, you know, let's just do a whole show on this, actually. I, I'm curious to know, so for people in the chat who are watching the show, I'm curious to know of you guys that are in committed relationships. I was going to say you guys that are married, but you crazy hippie libertarian fucks are all sorts of unions. All the ones that are not incels. Yeah, all the ones that are not actually in your basement jacking <laughs> off right now. Um, or or uh, whatever. Uh, far be it for me to judge. You're cute. Um, how many of you guys are are in a committed relationship with somebody who you would say like ninety five percent plus? You guys agree on major social and cultural and political issues, versus how many of you guys would say fifty percent are down? Because I think you can find any two people can agree on a lot of things. Mm -hmm but they might have wildly different principles and they might have things they disagree on vehemently, but you're not going to find people who disagree on hundred percent. That's just not possible. Yeah, like I, it, it, so, so we'll say 95% plus is a committed relationship where you agree heavily 50% down is you guys are actually pretty unique individuals right. in those spheres, but you make the relationship work. I want to see a survey right. in the chat. And you, you know what I've also noticed too, is that a lot of people like, a lot of people I've known over the years, they didn't really have conflict about much in the political or say just the family lifestyle sphere until they had children. And then stuff started to matter to them that didn't matter before. Like I've known a lot of people, especially who weren't particularly religious, who after they have children, they start to really rethink those those positions and want to mm -hmm. you know be more and, and so then the other person if they're not like I knew a person who was um a Jewish person and a Catholic person that were married and neither one of them were particularly religious when they got married but after they had children it was much more of a conflict because you know when you're a parent you want to you want to give your children a foundation you want to be good I mean I not me I just have messed my kids up but 
you know, I'm just saying some people that's, that's what happens. So that actually brings up a totally separate point right there, which is now if the two people are, are generally in accord on major philosophical issues, mm -hmm. but you know, people grow and evolve and change. Right. I mean, sometimes we talk about even on the show, uh, some of the popular questions for guests or for ourselves is, well, what's a position that you've had a big change of heart on yeah. in the last, say, three, five, ten years or whatever? And so people do. I think, I think in a lot of ways people don't change in terms of, I think, I think most people don't change in who they are in their being, their core. but their, but their opinions and beliefs can absolutely evolve mm -hmm. irrespective of who they are personality wise. And so if you, if you wound up with somebody because your personalities gelled and also conveniently your, your beliefs and your politics lined up. But then both of these people grow and evolve, and now all of a sudden they have, they are no longer of accord on some key issues. Right. Is, does that spell doom? Yeah. I, I know, I don't know that it spells doom necessarily, but it definitely spells like, oh crap, we got to regroup and rethink this and reorganize. Um, you know, I, I think it's like, you know, a lot of people, like when someone has like weight loss surgery and they lose a bunch of weight and then they're all mm -hmm. of a sudden good looking again and they, they're just out checked out of the marriage. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like that, but I think it's certainly something to overcome because it's very difficult when you, when you begin to feel strongly again about something that you didn't think you felt strongly about, that is a, that's a, that's a big change to you, but also to the the dynamic of the relationship. And so if the other person feels strongly as well about their other position, then yeah, I think it's going to be pretty difficult. But if one person is not still not feeling as strongly, then it's much, much easier. I, I believe just from my, you know, what I've experienced in life. So this is how I know you're talking about Mike again, because he's <laughs> morbidly obese and <laughs> right. it's hard to live with. I mean, <laughs> Okay. Let's be honest, Mike, stop it. Get some help. Um, we, but we wish you the best. Right, right. Yeah. We, there, there will be so much gondolier in heaven that, oh, that you shouldn't, parm. but you, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't have all the chicken parm now. I mean, those fries. Oh, I, I went from having nothing to talk about to actually having a lot more that I want to say, but the monologue's over. Yeah, all the things now. We're gonna don't don't you fucking go anywhere. <laughs> we're we're not done here with not this. Done with you people. We're gonna talk more about why your life sucks Ooh. after this break. Don't go away. You like how I've got like the whole devil's advocate thing going on I, it's, tonight? It's pretty cool. Are you going to start going, hooah?
I just looked at the the monitor now, and I'm like, this is this is, it looks sinister almost. Yeah, it, I mean, it suits. Or is that just me? It suits you. <laughs> do I, I give do I give that off? Do you yeah. think? Okay. Um. Okay. So here's the thing. I feel like I feel like a lot of people. It's it's in vogue for people to say that you shouldn't let those things poison your relationships. Like yeah. the reason why you're an altist for going to your family reunion and talking about recreational heroin <laughs> is that you're you're just you're being off-putting in an environment where you can't replace these people right. once you've re once you've soured those relationships. That's it. And I'm sympathetic to that. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, how how are we? Why why should you? silence yourself if you are surrounded by people that you that you genuinely internally feel are abhorrent people mm -hmm. for the things that they advocate and you don't and you genuinely don't value having a community with them because that's what that's what we're trying to do on this show is we're trying to build a community but i'm not i'm not watering down our message to reach more audience maybe maybe that's why we don't have a bigger audience but i've always been more interested in having a quality audience that follows us because they really they're really right. buying what we're selling well, right? i i think the difference is is that you don't court community with people that you abhor like if you were at you know at a funeral or something of people you abhor then what are you doing there like why are you courting courting relationships with people that you find abhorrent uh on the other hand, I think there's also something to be said for appropriateness and tact that, you know, you can talk to your family that you disagree with. Um, but if you value those relationships, which I, I think unless people are absolutely toxic, that you should, um, then I think you have to, you know, be tactful and understand that uh, maybe I still, even if my mom is a rabid statist and I, I disagree with her politics, she's my mother you know, she loves me. She'll always have my back. There's like a lot of, there's other things to the relationship that make it good. Then maybe you just avoid those topics because happiness is an important part of life. And that doesn't necessarily just come from people who agree with you on your philosophical positions. It can come from other people in your life that, you know, love you and want the best for you. So I, I think there's that. And well, so I think that the, but the social conservatives have a point in that. So they would they would err on that side. They would say, well, but there's so there's responsibility to family and legacy. And, and, and you have a certain you, you, you are determined in some sense to 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 be bound to those people and, and to satisfy those people's needs and, and that sort of thing. Um, and and that, that that is best for the commute, the public at large I mean, I when people act that way. But on the other hand, if you come from an environment that is absolutely a toxic environment right. and you feel like you you as your because the individual is is the top of the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you as the as your individual is being brought down by those more dare, I would say, conservative type commitments. Right. Then I would not judge you for for wanting to divorce yourself yeah. from I that. Absolutely. But, but as it pertains to like a romantic couple, mm -hmm. you, even though those things can evolve, it's unless you're someone who got married in Vegas, the, you know, the <laughs> night that you met the person, right. this is an ongoing relationship. And so it's a different dynamic to yeah. say, it's not like you were in it for 40 years 
and then things changed or versus four hours and things changed. You know, it's a different dynamic in someone that you went out and courted for some amount of time sure. versus someone you were born with. Yeah. And so I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that. I, I, I get I get why the, the maybe more conservative end, socially speaking, people would say that you can't let those things poison your relationships and those mm. relationships are more important than politics, yada, yada, yada. But I also get that, well, if if there's nowhere you're willing to draw your line in the sand and say, these are values that I promote and you don't share those values, therefore I don't want to communicate with you. If you're not drawing the line somewhere, then what are you doing? You're, you're nobody. You're just going along with it. Right. But it, it's a matter of drawing the line where... You know, does my mom support the Iraq war? I'm not saying she does, but if she did, okay. Well, a lot How of people dare do, she? You know, and, and we can talk about that and I can try and convince her, but really, am I going to cut her out of my life because she's fallen for the, the madness that so many other people have fallen for it? No, because I have to deal with status all the time in my life, like just people in the world. So there is much more to the relationship with my mom than just her you know, a, a terrible position on some issue. Um, and then also you lose the opportunity to bring that person maybe around to your point of view. So, you know, I think it's, it's just a matter of like, I, I don't agree that, that any, I'm obligated to anyone other than people I've made obligations to. So like my kids, they didn't ask to be here. I obligated myself to them. They're not. Where's Rothbard when you need him? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, let's not do go there. But um, you know, I, I, as a parent need to make myself someone that they want to, to hang around with someone that they want to care for and come back and visit and, you know, put me in a decent home one day. So, um, that's my responsibility to them. It's not their responsibility to me, but because of that, I love them and I've shown them love and I show them respect. Hopefully they will in turn do that for me as well. But one you know, day soon, I'm thinking that probably, well, so, uh, <laughs> So I'll, I'll just, I'll just say that. So, but it's a two way street though. It's not yeah, just absolutely. about you cutting mom out of your life because she supports the Taliban. <laughs> it's, it's also, it's also that if you were to share your earnest beliefs and feelings, if, if you know that that has, that would then spur a high likelihood that they would want to cut you out of right. their lives, then are you obligated to to keep that yeah. bottled up. I've, like, this is like, this I is don't... like a gay thing, right? Like if this is 1982 right. and you're gay <laughs> and the reason why gay people stay in the closet is, is, is not like, it's, it's not, right. a, it's not about, it's not about a personal shame or embarrassment. It's about a, even though I know that these people in my life would not approve of me and that makes me sad, I value those relationships enough that I'm not sure I want to do something that would Right. I, that would burn those bridges. And so I'm so I and, and by the way, telling telling your mom that you're a libertarian is like like I've seen people say that I've seen people on social media say I came out as a libertarian to my parents today. And I'm like, y'all are the biggest faggots I've right. ever heard yes. in my life. <laughs> y'all are the faggots, not them. Yeah, y'all are. We're going to get in so much trouble tonight, yeah. Sherry. I, hey, this is really bad. Saying. Yeah. Now, OK. Yeah. Sherry. Yes. Sherry. Yes. What time is it? Oh, it's time for Meme of the Week. This this show tonight, let me tell you. It, it looks like a TLC thing. Ernie couldn't be more excited for his first day as a police officer. He outright refused to accept his paycheck. 
insisting that being able to legally shoot black children is payment enough. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wow. We're just... Where's Are there the any other though? hot button things we can say or do just to put, we'll put them all in this episode that, so that when people say, whatever happened to that guy, they'll say, oh, go look at episode 162. That's right. That's, that's, that's how right. they'll know. Or whenever you want to finally just forget all of their principles and run mm -hmm. for office, you can just delete this one episode with everything in it and you're good to go. I happened to be talking to one of our mutual friends earlier today, and I had said that, you know, one of the biggest disconnects between a lot of the liberty community mm -hmm. and, and myself is they all th they all think that they believe those things, but they're still looking for a leader. Yes. When mm -hmm. individuals aren't really looking for a leader. And and in so much as in so much as I believe that, I feel like it's it's kind of like there's you, you ever see like there's there's the broke perspective and then there's the woke perspective mm. the broke perspective is is that if i could choose who's president it would be ron paul it'd be dave smith right. it'd be tom woods that's that's the broke perspective. right right the woke perspective is it would be no one right why choose though when you can just be your own president <laughs> but the actual answer is is y'all should vote for me i think right i i would like i would join the lp just to vote for you if you would run for chair i would love to Oh, the feds have nothing on what you would do. Like they, they've tried to, you know, tear the LP down, I'm sure, but they would have nothing on the kind of carnage you would reap. <laughs> like if, if, if y'all want to get your pennies in the wad because some affiliate tweets something about child labor, y'all have no <laughs> idea what would happen if I had any power in this country at all. Oh, it would be like, a I, sight I, to behold. Like I tell, I tell people this is that like, like, yes, I get it you know, cast the ring into the fire Frodo and all that. <laughs> but, but if I'm going to have the, you know, the, so long, long pause, comma, but if I'm going to have the ring, it would be biblical, Sherry. The, oh. the wall would just oh. be painted red for miles and miles and miles. Yeah. Like, like, like Old Testament biblical, not New Testament biblical. Like we're yeah, not, not that pussy shit. All the shit. babies, no, all no, the no. cattle, the kittens, everybody dead. <laughs> yeah. If you're not, if you're not after, like after they take me to the Hague, if you're not sitting back thinking, I know he was wrong, but where do we stand today? <laughs> then, then, then I didn't do my job. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, Sherry and I, you guys don't know. I'm going to tell you guys something. So Sherry and I literally are going over the show notes. Like we're, we're like 20 something minutes in the show. So like literally a half an hour ago, we're doing our <laughs> final screen tech and none of this was in the show. No, no, none of it. Not one iota actually. I mean, the meme was in the show, but we didn't even get to the fucking meme until like 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, we're, we're that good. I mean, we're that <laughs> <Or> something. <laughs> yeah. Or, 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 yeah. Um, since we're so far over time, let's go ahead and answer all the viewer mail anyway. And let's do it with the longest viewer mail bumper while we're at it. I like I like to leave that in there because I, I want I want people to to be talking amongst themselves about what that bumper just said. Right, right. Like what did this yeah. what? 
Uh, first question comes from Jonathan Cranzer, who writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do you have any gray Poupon? Um, I don't have any gray Poupon, but you know, the thing is, is that Publix has this like peppercorn mustard stuff mm. that they put on their sub sandwiches, and it is okay. good. But I don't eat food anymore. That, right. Those those were the before times. Right. Uh, uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if Jeffrey Tubin gets criticism on his return to CNN, should he just toss it off? So you know, you know what the you know what the most amazing thing about that was is that it isn't just that they brought him back because I mean, of course, the people on the left don't suffer repercussions. It's right. just like homeboy in Virginia that got caught in blackface. You would be canceled if you got caught in blackface. Mm-hmm. He gets to stay the governor of Virginia. Right. Um, it's not just that they brought him back. Because if maybe if we don't believe in cancel culture, maybe we shouldn't be so upset that he comes back. It's it's that the segment where they brought him back, where they decide, well, we're going to sit here and discuss it. That's not you don't discuss it. You just you just repress and bottle and pretend it never happened. And then on top of that, they made a female anchor be the one to have the segment with him. (laughs) It's like that poor lady is like, I know this guy is just like a pedophile or something. Oh my God. But, but my overlord said I had to do this segment. I mean, I I would feel bad for her if she wasn't a piece of shit journalist. Yeah. I mean, but she is. So am I being too on the nose tonight? No, I I think that's appropriate. Okay. I just, I just, you you guys in the chat. So y'all are still doing surveys about who's married to what communist. (laughs) Cut that survey for right now. Switch it over to, is Alan being a little bit too aggressive this evening? I I think you hype. You lit. Um, So James Gentleman writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do you wear pants under the desk? So I actually already lambasted James. So someone's, like, we literally just had that question, like, last week or the week before. And it it depends greatly on your definition of pants. Right. I mean. Yeah. Why does he assume my pant condition? That's what I want to know. Yeah. My pants identify as slacks. Right. As dress. They're not, but they identify as. <laughs> right. Um, you know, words matter, don't they, Sherry? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> it's it's just so funny. I'm sitting here looking at the viewer mail, and then on the side of my, out of the side of my eye, I saw a, a news update that says that the, the nation of Hungary has passed a bill outlawing promoting LGBTQ content to minors. And I know that we don't like the word ban, mm-hmm. but really it should be the parents keeping right? the drag queens away from their son. Or not. Or or not, or or not. I mean, Rothbard <laughs> would say, you know. Um, Sell so, your son into drag queenery. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I understand that's a booming, they're they're going places. I, I love a good drag show. I'm not going to lie. They're going places and they're shedding pounds. <laughs> um, Rachel Watson Killerly writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, will you be forming your very own Tennessee state affiliate of the LP? I heard that's all the rage these days. Now, now. Now, Rachel, we're not going to be sucked into that, except for except for later when we talk about it. All right. But not right now. Um, I mean, I I mean, if if I were starting my own, t- so this is what I would do: I would get the current Tennessee affiliate disassociated; it's gone, mm. and then I would start mine, mm. and then I would abolish it. 
you go. And I won. I so, just freed the so state why of Tennessee. For the effort. <laughs> I I I just saved Tennesseans from autism. I sh I should get like a Nobel Prize or that, something for that. I mean, you could actually. <laughs> you gotta vote for you, me Alan. you I'll gotta vote for me. i'll do it um him why song writes dear alan and sherry are both of you up to date on cpr training i mean i'm more of the opinion that if you if you can't stand on if you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. you just don't deserve to live if it's your time man if it's your... <laughs> i see you choking on that chicken wing must be your time <laughs> do you ever do you ever see do you ever do the thing where people sometimes will say like how many times would you have died by now if this were like 1492? Right. Oh, I. Um, if it's greater than zero, <laughs> then you're then you're gonna get Lysander spoonered up in this bitch. It's all there is to it. Um, Clay Davis writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, is chocolate mousse nothing more than fancy pudding?" I actually tend to think it is probably just fancy pudding. Mm, but it's what delicious fancy pudding. Like the texture, it's like. Whipped fancy pudding, like that whipped yogurt. Oh, it's good. It's more like candy, but so texture is important to you, is it, Sherry? Tis. Okay. <laughs> um, Kim Brown writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, what was your favorite show when you were kids? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." Oh, I watched a lot of TV, y'all. <laughs> I, I okay. I you know what I loved? I loved um, Good Times and What's Happening. I was really into those shows and like, um, uh, Albert, fat Albert and stuff like that. And Scooby-Doo, the smart, like I liked all that stuff. You could have just picked one, I think. Okay. That, and that would have been, and that <laughs> would have been fine. So the I'm Cosby Dino show. Mike. So Sherry says the Cosby show and I say <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, Bob Smiley writes, dear Alan and Sherry. What are all the ways government benefits from licensing people? So this is this is where government benefits because they because the licenses are usually not worth that much money. It's not like they're not paying off the national debt with your fishing license, right? It's not about the money. What it is, this is how this is how government benefits. So you're a politician, and then a special interest comes to you, and they say we need to limit entry into this field to artificially stump competition so that we can. Uh, satisfy our own rates and protect our own business interests. And in exchange, we'll give you, um, you know, cocaine and hookers Hooker and, yeah. and, you know, whatever, whatever you need. There, there's the other uh, consequence um, that they enjoy is that they get people used to having interference in their lives. So if you think licensure is fine, then you think that the government telling you you can or cannot participate in a field you may know is um, okay, and that's that that just serves them over and over. I tell you what, I am pretty used to having interference in my life, to be mm. honest with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marilyn Willimowski writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, if you had a band, what would it be called?" So this is another question. That like I'm actually I kind of think Mary Lynn was the one who asked this question I, like seems, a month ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but I mean, there's band names are great. So, well, so so in case you've forgotten, the answer is Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. Right. I I forget what mine was, but now it's unimaginable consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as it will. <laughs> All right. 
uh, I like something something Will Porter said to me the other day. I, I'm I'm my my second place is going to be bordering on incomprehensible. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, yeah, that's like those leopard skin pants that he he, he ha- bleh, that he has. Those are bordering on incomprehensible. Nick White writes, <laughs> "Dear Alan and Sherry, what would your rapper names be if you put the word Lil in front of the last thing you ate?" So I've read about this. This is Nick doing a phishing scheme to try to get our passwords and steal our identities. <laughs> I've read about this, yeah, Nick. Right. You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to be Alan, and I don't have anything. Right. So, so it's Alan really need anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, low hungry. You'd be low hungry. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be little hard boiled egg. That's, that actually is what I would be. Um, I'd be little fresca. Little, <laughs> that actually sounds like an actual, that actually sounds like a real one. What, what? Little fresca in a house. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, uh, dear Alan and Sherry from Dan Snowden, can you help? Can you help the LPTN follow in the footsteps of LPNH? Dan, I most certainly can. I think you laid out the plan a little earlier. If by follow in footsteps you mean remove from the face of the earth, divide and conquer, then yeah, <laughs> we can. We can do it. Scorched earth. You know what the sad thing is? Is we had this whole bit about Ted Cruz and oh, Flag yeah. Day, but it was it was back in the monologue, which uh-huh. which was like three days ago, by the way. I don't remember the monologue anymore. Um, it was good stuff. It's, yeah, it's gone. It's just left us. So <laughs> that's sad. It was so good. It is. It is a little sad, but you know what that means is we'll just do it next week because yeah. we're not, we're not going to do it over. That's ridiculous. No. no yeah. No. It's it it it'll be fresh next week still. You know, last weekend I also asked people what's everybody doing this weekend, and I was actually anticipating a bunch of snarky answers, and all I got was everybody's just mowing their grass. <laughs> I'm saluting my flag. I'm and, no, actually, I don't think anyone said that, that but that like happened euphemism. on. <laughs> One person said refinancing a mortgage. Y'all are you? Our target demographic is like in the doldrums of middle age, bourgeoisity. Just, just one foot in the grave. <laughs> just. Yep. Yep. Speaking of having one foot in the grave, we're going to come back to talk a little bit more about. Um, some recent events in the liberty community, perhaps, mm-hmm. and uh, and my take on what on what real libertarianism is, and what, and it, you know what, actually, in a lot of ways, it's related a little bit to what we were talking about earlier about the what what yeah. things are and aren't important, and where they rank in your life. Actually, yeah. in a weird way, we did a monologue totally wow. off the top of our heads that was related to the news segment of the show. We're, we're good, man. What can I say? I'm just, I'm just on autopilot at this point. (laughs) Like I don't, I just sit down in the chair and click record and then just and then I watch the show with you guys and see what I said. Stuff happens. Stuff. And then stuff happens. (laughs) Guys, we're going to be right back right after this commercial break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. 
Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. You know what's wild is in, in, so like in the production meeting, we were discussing how we didn't exactly know how much time we were going to take up with the big news this right. week. And it, it, and it might go long. So we're going to have to watch our time. Okay. And, and our idea of watching our time was burn through most of the show <laughs> before we even get to the topic. I mean, we did that. People have watched us in action before. I gotta find a goddamn producer who has the <laughs> has the clock. You got the big you got the big red digits, and you're like, you know, you're you're on you're on the thing, and you're like, Alan, the show's ruined. Right. And you know, I just no. start out with that concept that the show's ruined, and we're just gonna do what we do. New Blake is an awful <laughs> lot like old Blake. The more I think about it. Yeah. I don't have goats. <laughs> oh man. You know, I was I was laughing earlier because I saw um, John Stewart was on yes. Colbert the other night. I guess last night, and he hadn't been on late night in a while. And I mean, he's retired, right? People's mad at um, him. And well, people were mad at him. And the only reason I even noticed the headline about John Stewart was because you know this show. I I I told an interviewer this uh, the other day that this show borrows a lot from like the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. But it also borrows a little bit from the Daily Show with John Stewart, not the da- whatever the Daily Show is now, by the way. Right. It borrows a little bit from John Stewart, and I don't mean like politically or right. you know whatever. I just I I mean more in kind of being able to amass some different topics week to week, and you know sometimes sometimes you you're lighter on things and sometimes you're heavier on things, and and you know I'll I'll give John Stewart credit for this. What he was really good at. He was really good at having his cake and eating it too, where if people complained that he was being too heavy, he would say, well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to change hearts and minds. I'm trying to be a real source of information. Mm -hmm. And then if people complained that he was being too dismissive, he would say, guys, I'm just a comedian. I'm a comedian. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's why he had a successful career. He's a smart guy. It's the Rush Limbaugh Um, method. Yeah, exactly. So. I, so I saw that he went on Colbert and he was talking about the whole Wuhan lab conspiracy that actually does, people don't even call it a conspiracy anymore because right. now, it, now it's been officially approved by the, by the truth mongers. Right. And, and that, was, that was part of his bit. Part of his bit was that he was talking about that, you know, I really love science and so I'm so happy that science is here to save us from the thing that was probably created by science. <laughs> right. Um, so it's really more them taking responsibility than anything. Um, but, but that was, but that was sort of the tongue in cheek that he was committing to beyond just making Colbert uncomfortable, which by the way, if you watch the clip, Colbert was a little bit uncomfortable. Good. Like you could kind of see that he was like, John, let's, let's stay like the cue card says, how are you doing? That's what you're supposed it's to say. Narrative. Yeah. And, and so he goes on this whole spiel, but it's not just that he was presuming it to be true. He, he, he sold it as if, oh yeah, I know this. I know that this is what happened. And maybe he thinks that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that he was making a statement of what a fact. 
It was that he was just kind of putting it out there that this was a, if I had said and done this six months ago, you'd never see or hear the, I'd never see the light of day again. I would never, no one would ever invite me anywhere. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even air this episode. They'd roll me out of here and you'd bring in Angelina Jolie and y'all would talk about something else. And and this episode would have, it would have never happened. It would have never happened. And now today we, and so he's just pointing out since we now can talk about it, I'm going to be, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be Jon Stewart Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ram it down your throat because now we can talk about it. Yeah. And, 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 and where I'm segueing in with this is that I see a lot of people. So yes, there was that whole thing with the, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a (laughs) fuck what is going on with the LP. It only... (laughs) It only stands to be abolished. That is the only just and moral thing for the Libertarian Party to do is to be abolished. Word. There you go. Now you've got my opinion on what happened in New Hampshire. Uh-oh. But it's not, it's not just what happened. It's that you see a lot of people who are now rabble, rabble, rabble. They're mm-hmm. arguing about it. And they're going back and forth. And at the end of the day, a lot of it stems from this whole idea of liberty unity versus this this alleged takeover of the libertarian party because if i was going to take over something like if i could take over the gop or if i could take over like my local little caesars no (laughs) no 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 let's take over the libertarian party you guys you guys jesus christ so anyway so so but at the foundation of that is you have these different camps that they all they all think they're a libertarian mm-hmm. and a lot of them say the a word a lot of people say i'm an anarchist right which by the way if you're joining the lp and voting you're not an anarchist i'm sorry you're just a dumb piece of shit mm-hmm. but you have these different camps and and because this is what politics politics is a zero-sum game right yeah so this is a political battle and it's a zero-sum game there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser so they are incentivized to be as ugly and divisive as they can be and it's a numbers game right they're going to they're going to pick the they're going to see who has the most numbers and whoever can generate the most support they get their way and then they enforce their way on everyone everybody else they they're leos they're the liberty enforcement officers Mm -hmm. That's what <laughs> politics is, and that's why we don't, that's why real anarchists don't do politics. Right. It really is that simple. And so, with all of what I just said, said, uh, The Great Pear of Island, oh, uh, fantastic. Do you, Sherry, you just keep it to yourself. I, I will not rape today. I will okay. not rape today. <laughs> but The Great Pear of Island, you know, he, he chimed in sort of tangentially on this very briefly, but it wasn't to necessarily promote or condemn any one person or, or caucus or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just to leave a link to something that he actually wrote all the way back in 1995. So take, take a look at this. So this was b- back on the old site, Strike the Root, saving the world through saving yourself. And this article talks about something that a lot of libertarians struggle with, and it's the libertarian savior complex. Mm. So let me read a little bit of this to you. Libertarians generally find themselves puzzled at how to bring about the free society they envision. It seems almost impossible to bring down the state to its minimalist state form, and even harder to abolish it altogether and secure a state of anarchy. How do we do it? What should our strategy be? Where should we start in our campaign to deprogram, de-brainwash, enlighten, and empower the masses? Have you ever been asking yourself these questions of how over and over, only to find doubt and disillusionment? I know I have. The extent 
of saving the world is overwhelming, if at all possible. Perhaps there is something wrong with the fundamental libertarian idea, the non-aggression principle, since it fails to attract people and liberate them from the chains of ignorance. No, there is not. The problem is all in your head, in your choice of mission. You are so pig-headedly staying with this vision of yours that you fail to realize you are utterly mistaken. The reason you cannot seem to find the way forward is that you have taken one step too many in the wrong direction. As a matter of fact, you're suffering from the savior complex. Why attempt to save the world if you can't save yourself? Um, so good. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I know good. it's, and this is, you know, it's, him. it's, it, you know, it's got some, so it, it's definitely got the anarchist undertone and mm -hmm. it's also got, it's, it's got a little bit of like that shades of Jordan Peterson of, you mm -hmm. know, get your house in order. Yeah. He wrote this in 2005, mind you. Right. Let's see to the facts. There is no Holy Grail. Another way to put it is to say there's no such thing as the world or society in quotation marks. There are only people, only individuals choosing to interact or associate with other individuals in couples, families, teams, fraternities, labor unions, religious cults and churches, and so on. This is a matter, of course, to libertarians. We are at least familiar with the wording, but most libertarians fail to realize the meaning of these words. What does it mean there are only individuals? Well, it means people are fundamentally not the same. They can share values, possessions, and neighborhoods, but they are not the same. It means they can have different values, different possessions, and live in different neighborhoods. We realize this, but we do not generally realize this also means there can be no single argument all other arguments are worthless to. It is not possible to convince all people of the greatness of the libertarian principles. You know, all those people that say people are libertarians, they just right. don't know it yet. Right. No, it is not possible to convince all people of the greatness of the libertarian principles. There are always people willing to sacrifice freedom for something else. Yeah. It's, it's funny because one of, one of the tenets of this philosophy is protecting the great, the smallest minority and that being the individual and that we believe in individualism is, is woven, is intertwined with, with these principles. And yet you see all of this collectivism. I, I'd actually yeah. made a statement recently. I'd said libertarianism, libertarianism is not a message. In just the same way, it does not have a speaker or a movement. Mm. That is collectivist nonsense. It is a philosophy that upholds that liberty is the primary virtue. That's all it is, and that's enough. It does not have radical elements, nor does it have pragmatic elements. It is simply the most logically consistent and morally sound set of principles with liberty at its core. To even discuss watering down a message in order to reach a wider audience is a complete failure from the gate. Mm. So, want to continue on with something that, that, that Pear wrote. Um, let's see if we understand the implication of all this correctly through stating it, stating the same thing, but from another angle. It is not possible to make the world libertarian. One cannot force freedom on others. Didn't we once talk about doing a show called Forcing Freedom or something I, like that? Liberty... For Force. Oh my God! 
<laughs> the Liberty Force. It he Pear was on it in 2005, Sherry. I know, man. He's he's it, awesome. It would not be freedom, but force. One cannot strengthen or empower others through forcing them to make choices. It would be to subject them to your will that they must choose rather than someone else's. One cannot abolish or lessen power through claiming it for oneself. Point. Politics is not a means to achieve freedom from politics. Yes. So you see the devil's not in the details, but in the aim itself. If you sincerely believe that there are only individuals, then why do you put so much time and effort into saving society? If you believe in the non-aggression principle and that people are entitled to their own opinions, why do you go on for hours and hours trying to convince people your view is right? Obviously, you haven't understood the words you so eagerly preach to others. Sure, it would be nice to live in a society that is dedicated to libertarian ideals, but there's no such thing, and in a world of unfriendly states, it wouldn't survive long. Or is your aim world salvation? Then you're way out of your depth, my friend. Do you really think you can take on six billion people in hundreds of states? If you can, then what are you waiting for? Get, get, go for it. I, for one, am not able to do it. And seriously, I'm not the least interested. I live for myself first and foremost, and then come my family and friends. I do not care to save the world if I can find freedom for myself and the ones I love without doing it. Sounds like Lincoln, doesn't it? If I could save the Union without freeing a single <laughs> exactly. slave. I'm not, I'm not comparing Pear to, to no, no, Abraham yeah. Lincoln. Pear's awesome. Yeah. He, he shouldn't burn in hell like Lincoln. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says, why should I? I'm nobody's slave. I do as I please simply because I want to. It would be nice to live in a free world, but I don't think it's worth the trouble. I'd rather be free now on my terms than break free among millions of strangers 40 or 50 years from now. Isn't this what individualism is all about? One has to make one's own choices for oneself and one's willing to follow. If they do not want freedom, I want, then why the hell should I spend my time and money on making them share my ideals and go with me? I'm no selfless Samaritan or a slave of the peoples. I'm my own. As libertarians, we need to break free from the collectivist worldview of the savior complex. There is no reason to work day and night to liberate people you don't know, never will know, and who sincerely do not appreciate what you're trying to do for them. Why cling to the notion of a homogeneously free society when deep down you do not believe in it? Think about it. Do you really need to escape every law and every rule that comes with the state package? There are laws that we can support in principle as libertarians, such as prohibiting murder, theft, and other rights violations. There are also laws we can accept even though we do not think them necessary in a freer society, such as making everybody drive on the same side of the road. <laughs> Why repeal such laws if they do you no harm? Now that actually, that, that goes a little bit into the area of there's a difference between the state and governance right. or government versus government, governance. Right. And there's a lot of people, even even people who claim to be in our camp who who conflate yeah, those, they don't those get ideas. It. And so so they're left so they're they're left with questions they can't answer and they're just as likely to be a Bernie bro next week. Because they <laughs> they didn't really get it. They didn't really understand it. Yeah. Finding freedom does not necessarily mean abolishing government, but staying out of its reach. Shades of agorism there. If government does not kill or imprison you, steal your property, or forcefully change your behavior, are you then oppressed in real terms? Not really. 
The most effective way to break free is thus to simply avoid those parts of government that you find oppressive. Saving and investing your money offshore is a good start. If you have a constant flow of money never taxed, then you have won back a big part of your life and liberty. For our friends at the IRS, this is all hypothetical. Right. Yes. This is In all theory. hypothetical. Yes. <laughs> um, Register your car and property with your own offshore foundation in Panama or Costa Rica. Start your own network in the black market to avoid sales tax and regulations. Trade with your friends, relatives, neighbors, friends of friends, etc. Put your business online. Register the site in another name. Avoid getting caught. There's, simple, there's many simple tricks to avoid irritating regulation. Freedom through avoidance. Mm. Last part. It is in your interest to put your time and money where you benefit the most, not somebody else. That usually means you also stop feeding the beast. If so, then it surely must be the right thing to do. And while you're securing your freedom and future, you inspire others to do the same. If there are many to follow your example, it could eventually bring the state to its knees. God forbid we, we act and be good libertarians as right. opposed to trying to enforce libertarianism. Right. But don't make the state abolishing campaign your main field of work. Make it a hobby rather than a priority. Remember, you're doing this for yourself, not for everybody else. I just uh, went to church. I mean, there's a lot in there that these these partisan types would not agree with. Mm -hmm. um, but that's anarchism. Yes. That's libertarianism in its purest form. Yeah, fully realized. Um, Arguing of, over which state affiliate gets to control the Twitter is embarrassing, cringy horseshit, and you should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sherry, we better take a commercial break. Uh, all right, then. Guys, we're going to be right back to wrap up after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Alan Mosley TV. So, uh, don't just complain about free speech platform. Go and support one. Guys, we're on Odyssey now. That's odyssey.com. Just search Alan Mosley TV. As well as you can listen instead of watch on your favorite podcasting platform of choice thanks to Anchor FM. That's also anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. Um, Boy, this episode got hot. Yeah. I mean, I was telling you before the show, I was like, Cher, I don't think we have enough. <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to watch the time. We're gonna have to bullshit. We're gonna have to have a bunch of funny pictures of Ted Cruz. Right. We're gonna have to have uh, cancel-worthy language. We're trying to figure out, who, who, are we gonna have to, you know, try and fill space, dead air, blah, blah, blah. Um. Well, I think I got my point across. <laughs> um, so, you know, all I can say is, is really at the end of the day, if there's somebody out there in the in the in the liberty sphere that read or saw any of that and thought to themselves, "Well, I don't agree with that," then I then I would say, "Well, good. You need to do some more reading because you're not a libertarian." <laughs> 
And if you do agree with that, then great. Then then clear your schedule and make sure you fill it all up with uh, outside of binge watching It's Too Late and donating at our Patreon. It's also self-improvement and building that community where you can live freest and avoid the state right. and not fight over the scraps at the table. Do you have a final thought? Uh, yeah, don't shoot black kids. Well, I mean, but if you're if you're gonna shoot black kids, make sure you've got a badge. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. <laughs>